Warning, the following episode contains spoilers and foul language. Use your discretion advised. This week on the MFAB Podcast, we watch 2007's Across the Universe and 1975's The Rocky Horror Picture Show. So drop some acid and let's do the time warp. Try to hate you. <laughs> and welcome to another exciting episode of the MFAB Podcast. I'm Gavin. And I'm Aaron. And we're going to talk about some movies. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Woo! I'm not going to bring these in. No, but it's too early for any of this. We're recording very early, so this is going to be a different kind of episode. Yeah. It's like just barely dawn, kind of. Yeah. I'm just a touch hungover, so. And I'm just a touch ill, but. So this is going to be great. You guys are going to love it. Yeah, for you guys who are doing this. So So today's movies were. uh, What was a special episode today? uh, Well, yeah, it is a theme episode. Yeah. Yeah. Musicals. (laughs) (laughs) Musicals. <laughs> <laughs> yes, today is our musical episode. And uh, you got the ears on these? Uh, yeah, the Go first one will be Gavin's Choice, actually. Yeah. 2007's Across the Universe. Yeah. Directed by Julie Taymor, starring Evan Rachel Wood, Jim Sturgis, and Joe Anderson. With a bunch of other people, too. Yeah. A ton yeah. of people. You know, most movies do that. Mostly actors and singers. Yeah. And a bunch of dancers. <clears throat> yeah. Probably. And I'm absolutely positive on that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, anything you got to say about this? You know what it entails? Kind of? Mm, wait, what? What? No, I'm just curious <laughs> if you have any no, I got information. I like this movie. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> I've been told to watch this movie, I don't know, by a couple friends for like the past yeah, like a billion times. three, four years, so I'm finally glad I got to it. So, yeah. Yeah. so you want to start us up? I suppose. All right. Let's do this. Um, we start off with our main character, Jude. He's uh, chilling on a beach. Kind of does a little fourth wall singing break there. Yeah, he's singing about a girl. Yeah. And then uh, we go right into our opening credits montage. With, yeah, a uh, wicked montage of uh, war, riots, yeah. and protest, and Helter Skelter. Yep. So, in case you haven't noticed, this is a musical pretty much solely based off Songs of the Beatles. Almost. Almost. Yeah. So, um, but you'll as you listen to us talk about it, you'll pick up on all the uh, little nuances and... You know, references to everything Beatles in this movie, so. I.e., the main character's name is Jude. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, after we go through that opening credits montage, we're at a school dance, and, uh, like a grungy-type club in England, I'm <laughs> assuming. Grungy, club. I guess. Yeah. Liverpool, to- England. Yeah, Liverpool. Two totally opposite things. Yeah. Uh, but this is where we meet Jude more and our other main character, Lucy. Uh, yeah, Lucy. Lucy, yeah. If you're a Beatles fan, you'll know. I hope you're yeah. catching the references here. There's like a million of them throughout yeah. this entire movie. Uh, so. Both of them are kind of getting separated from their significant others. like. Yeah, because uh, Lucy's boyfriend is heading off to war. Yep, and Jude is leaving the uh, shipyards to come to America. Yeah. Uh, I can't really remember what he was, why he was leaving. You really? I know he's just going on a ship to go over to the U.S., but yeah. they don't. Ex- 
He doesn't say why. They don't say it, but you see him looking at a photograph. Well, yeah, we all know that. Eventually. And then when he gets there, you figure out yeah. why. So. But there was a reason he went to the U.S. that he was telling everybody else. Oh. That I don't know what it is. Hmm. I don't know. Because he kind of snuck that picture and was doing the whole low-key finding that person. Right. But he wasn't telling anybody about that. He was going to the U.S. for a different reason. Yeah, what was he on? Fucking got me. <laughs> I don't remember either, honestly. Oh, well. We don't remember everything from these movies. but We don't? Nope. Oh, shit. But uh, one thing I noticed is that all the uh, the scenes where they're in, in Liverpool, their British accent sounds way too much Irish to me. It sounds more Irish than it does British. I honestly don't think you can tell the difference. I, I don't know. Maybe Liverpool's like really close to Ireland. Maybe I don't know. It's in England. It's in yeah. Ireland's not too far in England. But they're nearby, aren't they? Kind of. I don't know how. It's like the difference between like Wisconsin and Texas. <laughs> okay. So. But I don't know. Maybe the that whole. English accent kind of blurs together for me, but yeah, it, sound, it sounded all of European <clears throat> accents blur together. For me. <laughs> they had a, it sounded like a lot very Irish to me, but whatever. Um, so Jude ships out, and then uh, he sails away, and Lucy's boyfriend ships off too, and uh, then we meet this lonely, lustful cheerleader. Yeah, they yeah. kind of show her just. Yeah. Longingly staring at another cheerleader singing. Yeah. What, well, I, I initially thought it was she was looking at the football player, and then it's like, yeah. oh, she's looking at the other cheerleader. Yeah. Hmm, okay. And this is back in like the 60s. So yeah. It's kind of yeah. frowned upon. Risque. Yeah. But yeah, she uh, starts a nice cover of uh, I Want to Hold Your Hand. Yep. Um, totally different version of this song, too. Like, different tone, different everything. It was really nice. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm just kind of like, okay, who's this chick? She just. Disappears for they, a little while. They had that really cool scene though, where she's walking through the football field. Yeah, and they did this scene a couple different ways with a couple different songs, but this one I wrote down: football equals one part jumping at people and one part throwing people. <laughs> yeah, it's like football dance number kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they are—they're not like lightly throwing these dudes. Like oh no, hucking them like across the field. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've never seen a football game where this has happened. I want to though. Yeah, that'd be pretty fucking badass. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, after her little number, we meet, we uh, see Jude. He's hitchhiking in the states. Um, he arrives at this college, university, Princeton. Princeton. Um, maybe that's why. Because I have written down. God, that never clicked to me. I have written down. This looks like the same college from A Beautiful Mind. Oh yeah. Was that Princeton? Maybe. Every it looks super similar to me. Maybe it was. Maybe that's why it's similar. <laughs> Maybe it's the exact like, same college. Yeah, yeah, it could be. I might have to look into that. But yeah, I haven't um, seen that movie since it came out. It's been a while, too. so It's a good flick, though. Maybe we'll get to that sometime, yeah. Yeah, maybe. We haven't done a Russell Crowe movie yet. so. Uh, yeah, but we kind of figure out here why Jude's in the States. Because uh, he's there to meet his father. Yeah, the picture he had snuck from his mom's bedroom yeah. was... Uh, pictures of his dad or what we assume is his dad yeah his dad was a soldier during i'm assuming well this is 60s so world war ii korean yeah. war maybe i don't know one or the other because he, he said he's what 19 or 18 uh, yeah sure yeah 
So, whatever. Yeah. But, war. yeah. War. Never changes. Never. <laughs> I was trying to think of the Paula <laughs> reference there. <laughs> um, yeah. They have uh, this nice father-son talk, kind of. Well, he, he goes there thinking, you know, maybe his dad's a professor. Yep. Turns out he's just the janitor. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh. Huh. But, uh, yeah, after that, they have a father-son chat about uh, how thanks for not being in my life, Dad. Yeah. And, well, I never knew about you had I known. Yeah, sure, whatever. Well, yeah, I'm here. He's not there to ruin his life or anything. He's yeah. just there to, so they both know each other exists. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they cut to the night after that. We see some uh, hooligans playing rooftop golf. Yeah. Just teeing up on the top of beer bottles and they uh, bust a window and get chased through the campus, I guess. And Jude kind of helps out one of them, sneaks him into his dad's janitor office where he's crashing. Uh, And this is where we meet our other main type character. His name's Max, Max. uh, a.k.a. Young Dennis Leary. I never thought of that. Yeah. This dude looks and sounds just like a very young Dennis Leary. Instantly I thought that. And as the movie went on, he kind of resembled Jared Leto, too. But Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, can't picture the actor's name right off the bat. I think it's Joe Anderson. Yep. Joe Anderson. You if have it, an internet right in front yep, of me. Yep, I do have a internet in front of just me. One. Just one. Just <laughs> one. <laughs> so, uh... They kind of chit-chat a little bit, share smoke, and he takes him to this, I'm assuming, frat house, kind of, what it looked like. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. It's yeah. more like a... And here's one of like one of the best musical numbers in yeah, the movie. Um, I love this one. Yeah. Uh, to a little help from my friends. Yeah. Um, just a big number of these guys just dancing. All hanging out, dancing, drinking, smoking. Yep. Sliding down banisters. Yeah. yeah. Just what college, I guess, is all about. Yeah, supposedly. you've never been to college if you've never slid down a banister. Nope. Nope. And I did go to college twice, so but I've never been because I never slid down a banister. Yeah, I slid down a banister, all right. All righty. Yeah. So uh, we cut over to Lucy after this number. Um, she's, she has one of the best lines. Yeah, is, are you thinking the same thing? <laughs> Having kids is pure narcissism. Yep, that's <laughs> what I wrote down to. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, she's losing not having kids because it's narcissistic. Yeah. Huh. Making little copies of themselves. Yeah, what? That's like the stupidest reason I've ever heard. But anyways, eh. um, it is. I mean. Yeah, she uh, kind of breaks into a song about her boyfriend. Um, and if this is really her singing, she's got a fucking awesome voice. She got some pipes. Yeah, really good. And then we still see this random chick from earlier, who was singing about the uh, cheerleader. She kind of hitchhiking. Yeah, she's just kind of like in the background every yep. now and then. Yeah, I'm just popping in like, who the fuck is this? She apparently left whatever school she was at and is now traveling. Yeah. By hitchhiking. So. Yeah. Um, and then we find out Lucy is Max's sister. Yeah. And Max kind of must have came home from college for Thanksgiving. Yeah, and he brought Jude with him yep. because he had nowhere else to go. So. Yep. So we cut to Thanksgiving at Max's house. His family is super hard on him. Um because they don't know what he's plans on doing. That's well, more like his dad's super hard on him. Yeah, but then once his dad like busts in, everybody's like, "Yeah, I got something to say too." Yeah, his uncle's kind of a dick. Yeah, that was a funny scene um, too, where he like mocked him. Yeah. So uh, Lucy and Jude kind of go out of the house and they talk, and Max comes out, and then they end up going bowling. And there's another, another awesome scene. Yeah, cool bowling alley dance number. What song did they play? Sing to there? Oh shit. I tried to write down all the songs that I recognized. I was going to, but I was like, that's a lot of work. Yeah. 
I'm then, lazy. Yeah, but there's another awesome number at the bowling alley where they dance number bowling alley. Scene yeah, and another scene where uh, the camera's like following as they're walking down through the lanes. And oh, yeah. Shit's happening mm-hmm. all around them. How they got like everybody, there's like 12 lanes and it's like everybody bowls like one right after the other. Yeah. Like, that was pretty neat. And then they all slide down the lanes. Yeah, and Max <laughs> crashes into the pins. Yeah. So, um, But basically they kind of talk about uh, how they should just leave school and move to, to New, New York. York that so night. That's what they do. Yeah. Max and Jude take off to New York. Find this uh, apartment with uh, this landlord named Sadie. Yep. Super hot. Yes. <laughs> and she's uh, kind of like a Janis Joplin esque character. Yep. Yeah, well, she's a get, get more into her uh, as Joplin. Obviously, she was, but she was the one in the opening montage singing Helter Skelter, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Because so. they reprise it at the end. Too. Yep. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's a funny part here where they actually get this apartment, which is like one giant apartment with like eight people living there, kind of. Yeah. Just kind of like, like a flop house, but not really. Yeah, they open up the window and they're like, "It's New York! Look at this beautiful view!" And it's just literally a brick building outside their wall. Yeah, with like three windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It's New York. Yes. Um, we cut back to Lucy, and this is where she finds out her boyfriend had been killed. Yep, killed in war. Which they do another really good uh, number of. Yes, let it be. Let it be. Uh, with along with that, the funeral scene of her boyfriend and these like rioting in Detroit. Yeah. Because um, that's where her boyfriend died, I think. Her boyfriend died in Detroit? That's what I'm guessing. Because he wasn't, he didn't have his furlough or anything. He didn't come back and visit yet. So oh, he was okay. still in training and shit. Oh, okay. So, when oh, he was part of those riots. Okay, okay, that makes sense. And that's the same place that uh, JoJo's brother dies. Yeah, okay. Which they kind of cut back and forth between, yeah. you know, this kid singing Let It Be, which really yeah. good. It's, it's a beautiful scene, very... Almost tear-jerking. Yeah. yeah, and then um, the two funerals side by side. Yeah, and uh, this is where we get introduced to one of our other main-type characters, uh, Jojo. He uh, kind of leaves after the funeral. He's obviously the brother or dad to this little boy that died. And he heads for New York to another awesome number of Come Together. Yeah. With uh, some pimps and hoes. And hobos. Yep, bunch of different people. All singing it. It was great. Mm-hmm. He's... Essentially, uh, Jimi Hendrix character. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't realize it at first, but then his later scene. Oh, when she dresses him. When she white. dresses him exactly <laughs> like Hendrix, yeah. But uh, we kind of discover shortly after this, Jude is an artist. And uh, during this time, also, this um, JoJo auditions for Sadie. She needs a guitarist. So he you know, tears up his audition. Boom, he's Sadie's guitarist. So he moves into the commune type apartment, too. And then this is where we see that random chick that kept popping up. Yeah, she just kind of comes in through the bathroom window. Yeah, just pops up, and she's kind of been beaten by her boyfriend. Uh, we learn her name's Prudence. Yep. Jeez. And uh, we cut to Sadie having a performance at a little dive bar type thing. Lucy came to New York now. Yep. She's there. Because she, she before she goes to college, she wants to spend some time in New York with yeah. her brother. Yeah, spend some time. She'll end up staying, but everyone goes to... Spoiler. (laughs) Everyone goes to uh, the world-famous Katz's Delicatessen after this. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, ah, Katz! Yeah. (laughs) Has a nice, like, uh, hippie-type scene. Everybody's, you know, peace and love around the table and shit and what they want to do with their life and stuff. Isn't that when uh, Lucy... 
brings a letter to Max. Yeah, show. Lucy brings a letter. She's like, I found this letter, and uh, I couldn't bring myself to open it, Max. And it's from good old Uncle Sam. Someone's Max. getting drafted. Yep. <laughs> uh, Lucy that actually Tuck. happens when you open the letter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lucy talks to Jude about her dead boyfriend shortly after this. They kind of go to, like, this beach area the next day, right? Yeah, yeah. I like the docks or some shit. Yeah, uh, it seems therapeutic to her, and Jude's like, you don't have to tell me about this. She's like, I want to. It's not like it didn't happen, so. So he decides to draw her with a piece of burnt wood yeah. on the side of a building. Yeah, which apparently is vandalism, because well. cop sees him and kind of smart mouth the cop and they run away from him yeah. so. uh, at this point you can tell like fucking Lucy's falling for Jude now, yep you know. and Jude's got a little crush, Jude's crush already, on her. Yeah, oh yeah he's already hinted that he's got a oh yeah you know thing so, for her uh, they kind of make out they dance um, and then pretty sure they you know bang because in the morning uh, Max sees them in bed together he's like oh really dude so this is how it is huh? yeah and uh, here's, like, one of the uh, big staples of movies, funny things that only happen in movies, the L-shaped sheets. Oh, okay. <laughs> when they're laying in bed, how the blanket comes up to Jude's waist, and even though Lucy's exactly next to him, the blanket goes all the way up to her chest. Yeah. Because so. they can't show shitties and <laughs> titties and dick. Nope. Such shitties. <laughs> shitties and dick. <laughs> it's early, folks. It's early. Yes. So... Uh, yeah, the next scene, uh, I know Gavin had talked to me about this. This is probably Gavin's... One of my favorite ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Max goes to his date with Uncle Sam, and it's a number of... Dan's number to the song, I Want You, I'm assuming is what it's called. Yep, and uh, in parentheses, she show, she's so heavy. Okay. But yeah, this number is super intense, super yeah. trippy. It's the whole uh, process of him getting checked out. For, yeah. You know, to see if he's good to go to war. Yeah. When, like, every soldier there just gets these creepy masks yeah they almost look like fidel castro almost supposedly there were uh just uncle sam masks okay but but yeah like every soldier looked exactly the same like carbon copies of each other and yeah um really really cool number really well done yeah Um, and then we cut over to the apartment where uh prudence is also singing i want you um but towards Sadie, Sadie. Yeah, who is kind of banging Jojo at this time. So yeah. pretty much everybody's banging each other almost, sort of. Everybody's... Except for Max. Yeah. He's really not getting any play. No, he's not. He probably... Well, he might get a little action in war. So you never know. <laughs> <laughs> he's Vietnam. going to Nam. Yeah, he's going to Nam. I guess there's a lot of, uh, you know, villager raping and shit. In, uh... Oh, come on. You've seen Full Metal Jacket, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know what happened over there. So. But yeah, the next scene, uh, obviously Prudence is depressed, and she locks herself in the closet. So obviously leading to the song, Dear Prudence, so, which is a beautiful song. And yeah. I think I, I really only feel they brought her character in just so they could do this number. Yeah. Other than this, she really has no relevance to the story. Well, she kind of shows up later, too. and Yeah, sort of, but I, I mean, mean... They're a group... It's it's a nice, you know, side story, yeah. but, I mean, it's to take, kind of take away from the main story a little bit. But it is, it is a good effort to get this song into the movie. I, I mean, mean, JoJo and Sadie is a side story, too. Yeah. So, I mean. But 
they live with Sadie. Well, they lived with Prudence too. Yeah, but Prudence didn't have to live there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. None of them had it to seems live like there. they they just forced Prudence's character in here just to get a couple songs in, which isn't a bad thing because the songs they got in were really good. Yeah. So, um, in essence, you could almost did an entirely different movie with just Prudence's character and did all these other Beatles songs too. Yeah. But either way, it's still nicely done. Then we uh, go to this protest parade. Uh, there's some really cool visuals here. Lucy is starting to, uh, you know, she have her mind opened, I guess. Yeah, well, she's getting into the whole anti-war movement. Mm-hmm. She meets, what, what's his name, Paco? Paco. The anti-war guy. And uh, well, this is going on. Sadie gets offered a record deal, yeah. too. Um, and then uh, they go to this party at a super psychedelic club. It felt like uh, Andy Warhol-ish. Exactly, you know? yeah. Very Andy Warhol-ish. Like, <clears throat> there's a scene in the movie The Doors where they meet Andy Warhol, and it kind of felt like this was the same exact scene. Yeah. Um, but uh, here's my big problem with this movie at this point. Dr. Roberts? Fucking Bono. Yeah. Minus one. Taking this movie down, one point. Um, they do a... He sure is a douche. Yeah, he's a piece of shit. And he like according to South Park, he is a literal piece of shit. Um, but they do a really cool, good number of "I Am the Walrus." Um, yeah, he kind of butchered it. He kind of butchered it. This is why I have the problem with it because when I think Beatles and anybody who should be paying homage to the Beatles, I don't think Bono. Yeah. I really think this role would have been better suited for somebody like David Bowie. Yeah, probably. Uh, he probably would have done a better version of the song. Even fucking Billy Idol. Yeah. Could have done a better version of this, because his character—he had a fucking cowboy hat on. He looked kind of countryish. It didn't seem like he looked like Bono. Yeah, like a douche. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, all in all, I mean, I still enjoy the song in the Walrus. It's a great song. Yeah. Um, they go through this huge psychedelic visual scene. Yeah, trip part one. Yeah, where somehow they end up in this weird commune in California. Was it in California? That's where I thought they were. Because I know at the end, before the bus left, they said they were going to California. Oh. Well, I thought they were in California. No. Maybe, cause, maybe not. Because Max even says, you know, not all of us live in California. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay. I was, maybe I was a little confused there. But yeah, they, uh, they're they at this weird commune with Bono and... They're going to meet some guy. Doctor... They gave him another name, Dr. Gary or something, but... Um, Bono takes off. He's like, well, they don't want us here, so we're leaving. Lucy, Jude, Sadie, Max, JoJo, and Prudence, they all stay. Yeah, because they got nowhere. They got nowhere to go, and they kind of... They're not going west, they're going east. Yeah, they traipse through the woods and come upon this weird-ass puppet-type show. Yeah, trip part two. With uh, Mr. Kite, played by Eddie Izzard. Yep. How would you describe, like, the animation in this scene? Is it stop motion or... Awesome? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, if you've ever seen the music video to the song Float On by Modest Mouse, it reminded me a whole bunch of that. But it's super cool. Like Gavin said, it's awesome. Definitely. This is, well, Prudence had taken off, and this is where they kind of meet up with her again. Yeah. Wasn't she in a lake? Because I have... No, she was skating and dressed as a horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming they're all on acid at this point, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what these scenes were like depicting, was just okay. showing that they were all fucked up. Yeah, because then I have next that there's a nude swim scene, 
calming and entrancing. It's yeah. like everybody's just naked underwater. And I called it the weird floaty fuck scene. <laughs> I like that better, yeah. <laughs> um, so you get super calm and just kind of entranced, and then bang, Max heads to Dadam. Yeah. And yeah, kind of a shit show over there. And then uh, we go back to New York. They somehow got back to their apartment, so that's good. Uh, Jude's back drawing. Lucy's working as a waitress. Because I'm sure that old uh, anti-war propaganda doesn't pay very well. Oh, protesting doesn't pay? Mm-hmm, probably not. Well, shit. <laughs> um, but Jude, Jude tries to kind of draw Lucy as she's sleeping. Um, and there's some boobs. So uh, that minus, minus one you got from Bono, you gain it back with that from me. So <laughs> cancels that out. But still. He got her fuck. left nipple wrong. Hmm? He got her left nipple wrong. Yeah, <laughs> that's what she said. Yep. Um, and she's got to run off to a protest, um, which Jude's kind of pissed about because Sadie's got a gig, and he, she thought she'd be there for that. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but at this gig, uh, well, JoJo's, JoJo's kind of pissed at Sadie yep. because of the whole uh, tour record deal or whatever's going yeah, on. Yeah, well, her record producer said you needed... It's just for you, you know. Yeah, and the rest of the band can fuck off. Right, pretty much. So, but JoJo and her have a fight like mid-show, um, and Sadie leaves, and JoJo takes over and finishes the song, and the crowd fucking loves his rendition yeah. of the song. Um, and then we go back to Jude, and we get introduced to one of my personal favorite Beatles songs, "Strawberry Fields Forever." Um, yeah, well, Lucy's bringing work home with her, essentially. The- protest shit yeah um so jude's kind of pissed about that and he goes into his place to work and yeah that's when the strawberry fields war montage starts yep which I have it really flows together nice yeah it's depressing and chaotic but it's really really nice because he's working on a uh, a design for sadie's record company yeah. right yeah so which ends up being a strawberry <laughs> did you see the name uh, what was it strawberry jams <laughs> nice but no psh. Uh, but at this point, Jude and Lucy kind of seem to be growing apart. And then I have written down laundry fight. I don't really remember what that meant. Well, they fight at a laundromat. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, like in this small laundromat with like a bunch of other people. They have an argument. Like these people are just kind of looking at them. Lucy, Lucy leads. Um, she's all, well, she, yeah, leaves. She's all about how, you know, there's, there's a, we're part of a revolution and all you want to do is sit and draw pictures. So she leaves and goes to work, and this is probably my favorite number of the movie, where yeah. uh, Jude just shows up at her work singing Revolution. Yeah, and, kind of freaking out. <laughs> yep, just tossing shit all over and causing a ruckus, and proceeds to get his ass beat by a couple guys there, too. So Yeah, kind of half-assed ass beat. Yeah. They weren't fighting him, they were just dragging him out, and he was fighting back. Yeah, and he gets punched in the face a couple times. But um, After this, we kind of hit... The point where Martin Luther King Jr. gets assassinated. Yeah, but it was just MLK. No, oh, MLK. Yeah. Yeah, that's Martin Luther King Jr., right? Yeah, okay. Well, this is how they refer to him, MLK, or just say the whole name. So. Yeah, anyways. Okay. <laughs> um, but JoJo does a nice cover of uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps Here. Yeah. It's obviously a sad point. Sadie makes it big, and he's kind of just playing in a dive bar. Yep, but uh, Sadie made it big, but she's struggling because she needs a good guitar player. 
and she's all pissy and stuff and kind of starts drinking. She even takes a swig of Jack Daniels right from a bottle, which apparently is a pure homage to Janis Joplin. So mm-hmm. if you haven't figured out by now that she's clearly supposed to be Janis Joplin yeah. somewhat. Yeah. Um, Jude comes home, and Lucy appears to have left. Yeah. Just gone. She took a shit and took off. Yep. And uh, here's where we get introduced to the title of the movie. Yeah, the titular line. Yeah, the Across the Universe number here. Which Started is, playing, I was like, ah, ah. Like, ah there it is, there <laughs> it is. And it's, it's fucking beautiful. Uh, Lucy goes to protest at, what, Columbia University, I'm assuming? Yeah, they yeah. were protesting, like, some professors or something. That yeah, I didn't really catch that, shit. but um, we get a Sadie and singing the <clears throat> Helter Skelter montage, you know. Yep, this kind of, like, brings us back to the beginning. <clears throat> yep. Uh, Lucy's getting arrested, and Jude shows up and tries to save her. So he gets arrested. Yep, and beaten. Yeah. And uh, I've written down naked silver chicks. So there's a bunch of, like... Chicks oh, dancing yeah. on water and they were painting. I don't know what that scene was. I don't get it, was it either. It's just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. These weird, like, looking, yeah, painted silver chicks. Yeah, it was definitely strange. I didn't feel right, but it wasn't bad. Um, so, yeah, Jude's in jail, and who comes to bail him out but good old Pop. Yeah, his dad, who yeah. he's talked to once. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, since Jude is not an American citizen... This kind of violates his visa, and he's going to get deported. Yeah. So back to the good old Liverpool. Liverpool. So Jude arrives back in Liverpool, runs into his old girlfriend, who's now, like, what? Married to his old friend. Yeah, yeah. so he's kind of a bitch to him, but... Not did. really. They were cool. He was kind of... His friend was kind of a dick. Yeah. Because um, he's talking to her, and then he, like, walks up and, like, gives Jude a dirty look and then kisses her, and then, no. you know... Yeah, but one of the lines, like, her, his girlfriend said was, who is she? Oh. Like, oh, well, that's why you stopped writing, because you obviously, you know, met somebody else. So. Which and was Jude, true. Yeah, Jude was like, oh, her name's Lucy, you know, whatever. That was good. Sorry. I just realized you're very festive. You're drinking out of a Beatles glass right now. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I just noticed that. Almost done with this, and I just noticed that. Um, so, yeah, uh... Jude's back in Liverpool. Max is in the hospital. He's back from Nam. Yeah, where they do a rendition of uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Okay. Just pretty trippy hospital number. Yeah. Um, but the nurse in this scene is Selma Hayek. Yeah. Which, she's all the nurses, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm assuming he's in the hospital because he's suffering from some effects of Asian Orange. Well, he got shot. Did he? He was wounded, yeah. Oh, I didn't see him get shot. Oh, okay. But he just looked, like, sickly. So I would I was assuming yeah. he you know caught the agent orange. Yeah. Could have. Yeah. There's a lot of other things he probably could have got over there and now. So um yeah, Lucy's protesting again. It starts to turn super ugly. And we get a just an instrumental cover of A Day in the Life. Yeah. Which was nicely thrown in there. Um Lucy goes to see Paco and Paco's kinda turned a little violent yeah radical revolutionary yeah he's making making bombs bombs. and uh rigs right after that we cut over to liverpool where jude picks up a paper and well it looks like paco wasn't a very good bomb maker (laughs) (laughs) it's like americans killed and 
yeah, protesting bomb, homemade bomb accident or whatever. So yeah. Paco died. Um, Jude kind of freaks out because he thinks it might have been Lucy too. Yeah. So, it's heavily um, implied. So Jude goes to a pub and Max is at a bar. And uh, this is a really, really nice number, really, really nice scene of finally. Hey, Jude. Hey, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> I've written down, hey, Jude. Didn't see that one coming. But they're kind of like looking into mirrors, and it's almost yeah. as like they're actually seeing each other. So. Split screen, kind of. So you see one bar and half, and the other bar and the other half. Yeah. There's Max is kind of singing Hey Jude across, over the seas to him. Yeah. And Jude kind of gets his shit together and heads back to the United States. Yeah. Gets um, the proper paperwork. And yep. Fucking... And when he's over there, he meets up with Max. Um, Sadie's on the radio, kind of. Did they kind of like hijack a station or? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but uh, basically Sadie and JoJo and everybody reunite on this rooftop and have a impromptu rooftop concert kind of. Yeah. Um, Which immediately gets broken up by the cops. Yeah, but uh, Lucy also was, was invited there. Sees Jude's logo, kind of. Strawberry jams. Yeah. So that must have been like her headquarters or whatever. Yep. Um, they get taken off the roof, but Jude kind of like hides and stays there. Yeah. Until everybody leaves and he grabs the mic and starts singing, All You Need Is Love. Um, and then uh, everybody, the cops even kind of back down and they're like, fine, fine, we'll let him finish. And yeah. Big so num. Everyone joins in, they all start singing. Yep. Lucy can't get up to the rooftop though, so she goes to the like adjacent building. and um, They see each other across the rooftops. Yep. <laughs> and uh, kind of close out with uh, She Loves You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Lucy and Jude just kind of smile at each other, and we get right to credits. Where they play Lucy in the Sky. Finally! I was waiting the whole movie for that, and it's like, oh, you saved for the credits? Uh, But yeah. Um, So yeah, credits end with uh, my other favorite Beatles song, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. So yeah, that is our first musical episode. Well, first half of the musical episode. So. Take this one? Yeah, I will try here, seeing as I didn't write down anything after this. Um, I did really enjoy this. Um, Gavin knows for a fact that I am not a fan of musicals. I think I've said this before on the, yeah. the show. But uh, this one I've thoroughly enjoyed. I will definitely, definitely watch See, this again. I got the twofer. It's a musical and there's British accents in it. Uh, <laughs> there was plenty of American accents to balance them out, though. So... Um, but this movie's awesome. It, it is. It combines so much Beatles music, and I love the Beatles. The different styles of, you know, camera shots, animation, everything blends together so well. It's it's so visionary, if that sounds right. Um, <laughs> visually appealing. It's early. Give me a break. Um, visually appealing. You know, audio appealing, whatever. It's just a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, I highly recommend checking this out. Um, I initially wrote down an 8, but talking about it more, I want to give this a 9. And coming from me, somebody who doesn't like musicals, and who is really going to have a hard time with the next part of this episode, <laughs> yeah, um, I a 9 is highly respectable for me. So I, I would definitely recommend checking this out. It's kind of an under-the-radar movie. I mean... Kind of. Some, I mean, some people know about it, but then you know, I asked a bunch of other people this this last week if you've if they've heard of it, and they 
they said never said they had so but yeah i rec- definitely recommend checking out I'm giving it a nine nice um i'm just about up there with you um i give it an eight out of ten <clears throat> this is one of my favorite musicals um the visuals are just insane I mean, it's like watching an acid trip, so that's always yeah. good. Hmm. Uh, the story's all, you know, the story's nice. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. it's easy to follow. It's, you know, a love story. It's timeless, you know. The sound and soundtrack was fucking awesome. I mean, that's initially okay. why I got the movie to begin yeah. with is because I wanted to, you know, I love the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And the acting was actually pretty on par. Yeah. I mean, they all got some pipes on them, too. If that was really them singing. And supposedly it was. Okay. I think so. If, yeah, if it is, then, you know, bravo to them. Yeah. The only problem I had with it is it does draw out at some points. It's a little bit drawn out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, 8 out of 10, it's definitely recommended. Um, okay. Yeah, watch it. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, watch it. Yeah. Um, it's not just, you know, we're not just giving a high praise. This, uh also received a couple big nominations it was nominated for an academy award and best costume design didn't win um, but it was also nominated for best motion picture comedy or musical at the golden globes but it didn't win Um, (laughs) did win a couple other small awards though but uh yeah it's very very visually appealing um there's some fun facts here i found about it just a couple um if you're wondering if the beatles themselves liked this um Ringo Starr, Yoko Ono, Paul McCartney, and Olivia Harrison all praised the film after seeing it. So it has the approval of the Beatles themselves, if that says anything about it. Um, Let's see, what else did I find here? Probably something. Probably something, yeah. There's one other thing I found. Oh, Sama Hayek specifically requested to be in this movie. Really? Yeah. That's funny. Apparently... Um, when the director offered her the role of one of the nurses, she was like, just one of the nurses? She's like, fuck that. If I'm going to be a nurse, I'm going to be all the nurses, apparently. Because that's how yeah. worlds work. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the other cool thing about this is that they actually released this movie on John Lennon's birthday. Oh, nice. So, October 9th. So, yeah, that's about a little fun snippets we'll find about that. Anything else you want to add before we take a break uh, here? No, I think I'm good on this mm-hmm. one. Yeah, we're uh, going to go grab some coffee. Take a break. And we'll be back with part two. Be sad. Hey everybody, it's Aaron one more time here with another edition of Random Recommendations. Today I'm going to be recommending one of my uh, more favorite TV shows that I tend to try and watch on a regular basis, and that's called At Midnight with Chris Hardwick. Uh, Chris Hardwick, stand-up comedian that I've had the pleasure of seeing live, uh, hosts this game show uh at midnight on Comedy Central where he gets the three comedians um, and they basically make fun of anything and everything that happened on the internet in the past day or week. Um, It runs Monday through Thursday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 Central and it's just downright hilarious. Um, Improv, off the top of your head jokes, you're going to laugh your ass off. So yeah, if you're looking for that late night comedy fix or just a show to check out it's on comedy central and it's also available on hulu so yeah check out at midnight with chris hardwick that's my recommendation for the week and enjoy the rest of the show hey welcome back to the second half of the mfab podcast uh yeah it's kind of weird for me doing that yeah, yeah right maybe i'll get used to that we'll see 
Um, up this time on the docket for our special musical episode. The one that Aaron really, really wanted to watch. I don't know why I really wanted to watch this one. I guess, I don't know, maybe it's just such a cult classic that it was like, yeah, let's watch and see what it is. It is 1975's The Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yep. Yep. That's about all I want to say about it. So, um, It stars, well, it's directed by Jim Sharman. And starring Tim Curry, Susan Sarandon, and Barry Bostwick. Yeah, some big names. Yeah, big names. Um, but yeah, I really don't want to say too much about it. I just want to get... Let's do it. It's kind of over with, so yeah. Um, show opens on a black screen. With lips. Lips. And it's opening credits. They're kind of singing this song, Science, Science fiction. fiction. Double feature. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of, I guess it's an okay song. It's weird. Yeah, a lot of times on this. Science fiction. It's weird. Don't ever. Come on. No. <laughs> we talked about this. God, but it's a musical no episode. Singing. It is. Come on. I'm almost like destined to sing in this one. No. But I'm not going no. to. Please don't. <laughs> so yeah, we have our opening. A lot of the songs are catching in this, I thought. Yeah. Um, uh, after we have go through our opening credits, uh, we come into a wedding with this bunch of creepy American Gothic type people. You know the American Gothic painting? Yeah. They uh, literally obviously had no, yeah, people no. there. You know, the old farmer and the weird With lady. The pitchfork. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, these two people get married, and uh, we see our main characters, Brad, played by Barry Bostwick, and uh, Janet, played by Susan Sarandon. They're at a friend's wedding. Yep. And Janet catches their bouquet. Ah, you know oh, what that means. Shit. Yeah. She caught a bouquet. Yep. That's and exactly what that means. Yeah, that is exactly what it means. Uh, we get introduced to our first number here, Damn It, Janet. Yeah. Damn It, Janet. And it's just basically kind of Brad proposing to her and like, Damn It, Janet, I love you. Serious. See, I'm going to fit it in there. No, Don't dude. worry. I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's the whole background dancers and singers are these creepy American Gothic people, which just weirded me out. They're just plain faced. Yeah, dead eyed. Yep. Just staring. Yep. It's creepy. But uh, after we finish that number... We cut to the criminologist. Yeah. Is that what he was? Yep. I, That's his name is the criminologist. Oh, okay. um, it's kind of like a fourth wall break, sort of. He's yeah, kind of he, talking to you. Yeah, he's so. explaining everything. Yeah. Um, all about what happened with them and their ill-fated journey this one night or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we go back and see... Brad and Janet are going to see this Dr. Scott, this... To let him know that they propose or they're getting married, and yeah. is he like a friend or a colleague? Yeah, or? someone they both knew. Okay, um, but it's raining. It's dark at night. Nixon is resigning on the. Okay, uh, that's radio. I couldn't. I didn't catch all of that. What they were talking about on the radio, but I felt it was something big. So. Well, I guess this is around the time period. So yeah, um, they end up getting a flat tire, and. uh Brad's like, oh, there we saw that castle back down the road. Let's go check it out. Because, Which, you know, when you have a flat tire, let's go to the creepy castle in the middle of the fucking woods. Well, they were in the middle of nowhere, and that mm. was the only place they had seen, so. Sleep in the car? I don't know. How does that help anything? Wait till the morning? Wait till the rain stops? And go to the castle in the morning? Does it matter when you go? I don't know. It's a fucking castle in the middle of nowhere. I can't believe they didn't have a flat, though. <laughs> like, or a spare. Well, they did, but it wasn't. 
aired up. Or, oh, yeah, that's right. Duh. They even bring it up. <laughs> but uh, anyways, it's super eerie as they go back to this castle. This castle's fucking cool looking, though, by the way. Yeah. Super big, super badass. Kind of like a, like a glass-type orb window on top. Dome. Dome, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they call those round things, yeah. Looks like a giant boob. <laughs> what are they called again? Fucking polyhexagonal boomer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they there's they're singing a song called like what? There's a light. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's this creepy fucker in the castle looking out the window. He is a creepy little yeah, fucker. Yeah, he's a little creepy fucker. But we get to him in a minute. We quick go back to the narrator. He says some shit. Um. I really couldn't pay too much attention to him. I didn't know what he was talking about. Besides the fact that he's alluding to you what's going to happen to Brad and Janet and stuff. So, yeah. Um, he's looking through all these... He's like a narrator. Yeah, that's what I was referring to him as. Um, he's looking at all these police documents and stuff. Like, some shit went down and we're about to find out. Um, then we go right back to the castle. Um, they knock on the door and this creepy fucker answers. Let's him in. Yep. Well, Brad, first of all, Brad is not at all creeped out by this guy. Like, they open the door, and this guy's like, hello. Hi, I'm Brad. And this is my fiance, Janet. I'm like, really? This guy looks fucking normal to you? Well, this was back in the day. People were friendlier back then. I, I guess so, but, uh... And you I don't said, want to show fear. I wrote, down, I wrote down that this creepy guy, who we learned his name is Riff Raff. Um, you've seen the Harry Potter movies, right? Yeah. Do you remember Draco's dad, Lucius Malfoy? Yeah. He looks like Lucius Malfoy on heroin. Yeah, with like a hunchback hair. Yeah, yeah, like what somebody who's strung out on heroin would look like. So I don't know that was a symptom. Well, you look look at smack addicts. Watch, you know, what's the show? I didn't know they lost hair. Well, they might. I don't know. (laughs) Just what's the show? Intervention. The people on there, they can get. Yeah, don't watch that. Yeah, I've seen it once or twice, but yeah. He reminded me of Lucius Malfoy. Okay. But just, you know, a very dark Lucius Malfoy. Anyways, um, he kind of tells, Brad kind of tells him, you know, their predicament. we got a flat tire, you know, so when you got a phone, we can maybe call. Yeah. Yada, yada. just want to call for help and get the fuck out. Yep. And they kind of hear, like, there's a party going on. <clears throat> Riffraff's like, you've arrived on a special night. <laughs> and this is where we jump into probably the most famous i would say and most catchy tune from this movie called the time warp um i'm bursting inside to sing this but because (laughs) because you're my friend gavin i won't but yeah this song is super catchy dance number super catchy and during this we get introduced to dr frankenfurter frank and frank and played by tim curry yeah film debut yeah film debut why am I repeating shit? Sorry. <laughs> um, but he's known as the sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Yeah. So that is a w- quite a way to make your film debut. Dressed in... I guess if you want to really, you know, stick in people's heads. I guess, so. yeah. I mean, I I know him from other roles. I know him from, you know, what, It. He was a clown in It, right? Pennywise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I predominantly know him. He was the voice of Nigel Thornberry oh. from the Wild, Wild Thornberries. That's where I know him from. I knew him as a concierge in uh, Home Alone 2. 
That he was actually, yeah. he's been around the block. Um, he's got an impressive. Yeah, very impressive resume. But yeah, they uh, kind of finish up the time warp dance. He uh, offers Brad and Janet to stay the night. You know, it's raining. And he wants them to go to the lab. Yep, come upstairs to the laboratory. So they do, you know, the normal thing, and they strip them. Yep, strip them down into their clothes, and they head up to the the laboratory. Um, And I I could not ignore it anymore. I was trying to, but God, the fucking bulge on Brad, for one. I never noticed that. You didn't? There was way too much male bulge in this movie. Yeah, I tried from to avoid him, looking at bulge. Fucking, not from him, but from Brad, from fucking Dr. Frankfurter and other characters coming up. It's just an overabundance of it. It's too much. I didn't need it. Didn't need it. I think you just paid way too much didn't attention to bulge. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. It's, no. I See, that's why I was worried about mentioning it because it's like oh Aaron's looking at dicks no it's like you, you can't, it's <laughs> to be fucking fair, there it's to like to be fair you're looking at dicks <laughs> <laughs> oh god I mean you just openly admitted to looking at dicks <laughs> let's just get this shit over <laughs> alright anyways uh, the doctor breaks into this other song he's in his doctor garb I guess now but he claims to have the secret to life. Um, and then he pulls back this scarf on this giant tank, and there's this mummy just floating in it. Yep. Starts doing, like, these weird experiment-type shit. You know, like Frankenstein would. Yeah, pouring colors into there. I have <laughs> I have rainbow water. Hashtag love wins. The water changed to a rainbow. Okay. As he was. I don't know what the hashtag means. Hashtag love wins. Okay. Love wins. Equality for everybody. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's just what it reminded me of. Anyways. Uh, the Mummy aw- Awakens. Um, another dance number where uh, the doctor kind of chases this character around. Yeah, it's an Aryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like straight up. Oh, my God. It is. Bond hair, blue eyes. Yeah, it is. Um, but we, we learn that he is known as Rocky Horror. That is his yeah. name. So. Um, or the creature. Yeah. But... He's. I wrote down. He's basically like a monkey boy, because he's he was born, like so he's got the mind of a child pretty much. But yeah. he looks, you know, like he's twenty something. Um, but uh, the doctor gives him a birth. Doctor gives him a birthday gift during this dance number. It's a weight set and like a pommel horse and stuff to keep his physique set because you yeah. can obviously tell the doctor Frank wants to fuck. Yeah, right? Frank wants his dick. Um, but there's this. The song he's singing is what I can. I'll make you a man in seven days or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, kind of weird. But after this number finishes, there's a giant fucking crash in the wall, and it's fucking meatloaf. It's fucking meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meatloaf is in this movie playing the character Eddie. Um, he does a little number and has a sweet saxophone solo. Yeah. You- fucking cranks it out on that side. Is he really playing it, or is he just kind of like making the blowing face and just they kind of dubbed it in later? Could be. It could be. Turns out, oh, interesting fact that has nothing to do with this movie or anything we're doing today. But, okay. uh, uh, so please Jay tell Busey me. <laughs> yeah. Learned how to play violin for Starship Troopers. Troopers. Oh, yeah. okay. Do you know the movie we did like a month and a half ago? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
totally learned how awesome. to do There's a fun fact for that one. <laughs> yeah. Just go back and listen to that one quick and then come back. To well, we, when I was editing, I remember we had asked about that. Oh, did we? Episode. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. What? We did. We did. So we finally got back to it. Yeah, I dove into a Google hole and fucking... Nice. Found out so, he's yeah. actually a musician. Nice. So uh, that goes to show you, we answer all questions on this show. Eventually. It might take us months, but we answer them. So anyways, back to this uh, train wreck of a movie. Anyways. Um, yeah, fucking Meatloaf. Saxophone solo. Doctor's not happy about this guy being there. Yeah, I know. He kills the shit out of Eddie, our yep. Meatloaf. Just... Fucking straight merging. But he locks up Rocky first, right? He kind of throws lock, yeah. Rocky into the... Didn't really understand yeah. why he did that. Yeah. Which just basically takes a giant pickaxe to his skull. You don't really see it, but it's implied. Killed off screen. Yeah. Um, the doctor comes back and kind of consoles Rocky, saying, Oh, I'm sorry you had to see that, and whatever. And they go to the bridal suite. Yep. Janet and Brad are shown to their rooms very politely. Yep. yep. Open the door and shoved in there. Um... I wrote down Susan Sarandon was was hot, was yeah. hot. Yeah, she's kind of an old bag now, but yeah, yeah, she's pretty good looking back then. Um, My next three notes are: Frankenfurter rapes Janet, yep, and she gets into it, yep. And then Riff Raff scares Rocky with some fire, yeah, for some reason, yeah. And then Frankenfurter rapes Brad, yep. and he's into it, pretty much, yeah. So. That pretty much sums it up good, but yeah, more to elaborate on that. The doctor visits Janet. And starts getting busy. She pretends to be Brad at first, and then, well, you know, rapes her pretty much. Yeah. But it's a, this is actually a cool shot, because the camera's behind this canopy, so you kind of just see their silhouettes, sort of. Yeah. So it is kind of, it's just kind of neat the way they did it. Um, but yeah, then Rocky gets attacked by Riff Raff, and uh, what's the maid, what the fuck was her name? Magenta. Well, yeah, it was Magenta, yeah. Um. But he escapes down the elevator shaft, so monkey boy's on the loose. <laughs> um, but then the doctor goes, pays the same visit, same way. Same scene. Yeah, but with Brad. And and it's weird because uh, when they get into it, they're like, oh, just don't tell Brad, or oh, just don't tell yeah. Jack. So they're like very easily like fucking this dude. Yeah, which is creepy. But yeah, I have uh, monkey boy's on the loose. Magenta released the dogs <laughs> to go chase him down. Um Janet's kind of having a spaz attack at this point. She checks these, like, weird security camera things they have, which is like a pull lever from, like, a slot machine. Yeah. And, oh, look at that. That's exactly what I needed to see. Yeah. Um, Just so happens. She sees a post-coital Brad and Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah, Brad smoking a cigarette. <laughs> Frankenfurter's like, mm, that was great, pretty much. Uh, Rocky ends up getting back into the house somehow. Uh, he's in his tank, but he's hurt. Hiding. He's hiding, but he's hurt. And uh, Janet kind of finds him there, cleans him up, and... Fucks him. Fucks him. <laughs> to... This is another popular song I know, I think I heard before, but I it's like, T-T-Touch Me. That's, oh, yeah. Yeah, that song, so... Um, and then after that, we cut to the doctor just whipping the shit out of Riff Raff for some reason. Because he let Rocky get away. That's right. Durr. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then we see that... Uh, Dr. Scott has appeared on these awesome security cameras. Uh, he's just kind of chilling outside, and somehow he just gets into the house. Brad is with the doctor at this time, too. Yeah. Well, they're all kind of there. Just hanging out. Well, Janet's in the tank yeah. with Rocky. 
showed up. They let the Dr. Scott into the house, and there's this, like, cool-ass magnet on the floor and whatever. It basically turns the whole house into this awesome roller coaster because yeah. Dr. Scott's in a wheelchair. And I was like, that's pretty fucking cool. And then the doctor comes crashing through the window, and Brad is literally like, great, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I fucking died laughing at that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Frankenfurter does not like Dr. Scott. Um, Scott came to find Eddie. His nephew. His ne- oh, was it, I thought it was his son. I thought it was his nephew. Oh. Yeah. No. Probably loves him the same anyways. Yeah. And this is where Janet and Rocky kind of appear. You know, they obviously fucked. Yeah, get pulled out of the tank. Yep. Uh, we send head to an awkward dinner. Like, really awkward dinner. Everybody's just sitting there. Scott wants to talk about Eddie. He's like, yeah, where's Eddie? All this crap. I was like, who the fuck is Eddie? Meatloaf, man. Yeah, Meatloaf. I, I must have missed that. Yeah, Eddie is Meatloaf. So, uh. They do the. Uh, <coughs> oh. I have. They, like, serve them dinner, which is, like, a piece of ham. Yeah, they serve dinner like assholes. Oh, yeah. Like, when they're pouring the wine, they pour it in the glass and then just walk away while it's still <laughs> yeah, pouring. Yeah. Then when they get the fucking meat, they just kind of, like, slap it on the oh, fucking plate. Right on From a plate, distance. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the doc, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter obviously has enough of his questions and just rips the tablecloth off. They do imply that they're eating Eddie. Oh, do they? Yeah, that's why everybody kind of gets sick at it, except for Rocky, who's still mowing down on fucking... Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. yeah. But he yanks the tablecloth off, and the table's literally like a coffin Yeah. that you can see through, and it's Eddie's dead body inside. Yeah, so. mangled pieces of Eddie. Yep. Um, so the doctor... Frankenfurter chases Janet back to the lab. And, well, uh, yeah, she freaks out and runs to Rocky, not Brad. And that's oh, when yeah, Frankenfurter yeah, yeah. gets pissed and, you know, chases. But yeah. uh, Doctor then turns on this, like, mechanism that, like, glues everybody to the floor. <laughs> Which, yeah, this is just, I, yeah. It yeah. just gets too wacky after this. Um, but Frankenfurter he, goes nanners is what I wrote down. Yeah, pretty much. He has the technology and whatever to teleport, I guess, or so he says. Yeah. Um, well, doesn't he turn everybody into statues? Yeah, and then he turns everybody to statues, yeah. Or as they have a, the Medusa switch, yeah. pretty much. So, um, Who was it? One of the chicks that lives there. Was it Columbia? Yeah. She freaks out on the doctor. Because she was heavily in daddy. Yeah. She's like, you can't believe you killed him. Yada, yada, whatever. So, doctor freezes her, too. Turns her into a statue. And does the same to Rocky. And then uh, we hear the Floa show is starting soon. This is where we find out that Riff Raff and Magenta are brother and sister. They were, like, into each other. Yeah. So <laughs> Like, heavily into each other. Oh. Um, so Dr. Frankenfurter goes to prepare for the Floa show. And he starts dressing up the statues in sexy lingerie. Yep. And then kind of unfreezes them one by one. Um. And we get a little boob shot there. So oh, yeah, titties. Plus one. I got titties written down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's kind of a song called Don't Dream It, Be It, whatever. Yeah. But basically everyone is dressed like that, the Dr. Frankenfurter. Yeah, now that they're, they've are they been turned into statues and back again, they're all, like, sexually uninhibited. Yeah. So. they got, like, face paint and <coughs> corsets and garter belts on. And it's, yeah. I mean... It's, Susan Strandon and the other chick look pretty hot. And then yeah. it's like, I don't need to see Barry Bostwick and the guy who played Rocky yeah. in that same shit. So, 
But then Weird. you just see Tim Curry in it. Like yeah, that. same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I have, like, written down pool orgy. That's exactly what I wrote <laughs> down, pool, pool orgy. orgy. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're the perfect co-hosts. We think alike, yeah. yeah. So Dr. Scott gets unfrozen, um, and he kind of see his legs work now. Yeah. yeah. And he's got on the sexy lingerie Fish type nets. shit. Yep. Yeah. Um, Riff Raff and Magenta kind of interrupt the show. They kind of turn on Frank. Yeah, and they're in their, I guess you'd say, natural clothing because, oh shit, they're aliens. Yeah, well, they're from Transylvania. Yeah, I thought, I didn't realize Transylvania was another planet. I thought they were from Transylvania, you know, like on Earth. Um, But they want to return, and... They don't want to take Frank with. No. Because he's fucked up. Yeah. So, so they kill him. Yep. Well, the doctor gets this nice solo performance first. He kind of starts to envision a crowd there. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but he's just imagining it. And then, uh, Riff Raff has this badass, like, pitchfork gun. Trident gun. Yeah. <laughs> and laser beams. The coolest looking laser beams yeah. ever. <laughs> <laughs> My mind was literally fucking blown when I saw those yeah. awesome effects. Takes out. He ki- yeah, he kills the doctor first, right? Yeah. You know, the doctor tries to escape and then takes him out with the lasers. And then uh, Rocky obviously is sad and he tries to like throw him on his back and climb out of there. But Riff Raff tries but can't kill him. The lasers don't... Bounce off him for some reason. Yeah, which is weird. But eventually does. And then uh, Riff Raff and Magenta are going to beam back to planet Transsexual, or Trans- Transylvania or whatever. Yeah. Brad and Janet and Scott leave to another little snippet of time warp. The castle just kind of shakes off from the earth and takes off. Yeah. And they leave. That's it. The end. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of just cut and dry ending there. Yeah. It's really strange. but The end on the song, then, science fiction double feature. Again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which I really hope they would have ended on time warp. But. Yeah. They should have, honestly, but... All right, take her away, man. All right, um, <clears throat> let's see. I've seen this movie live once when I was dating a girl back in the day, and I don't remember any of it because I was really high. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that would be the only way to enjoy this. I remember it was a fun time, but I just don't remember it that much. Mm. It's a whole different experience when you're yeah, in the theater. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody's told me. Yeah. Yeah. So. I was expecting more than what I got when I went into this. Okay. I was like, yeah, I remember this being fun and, you know, good. And then I was watching it and, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's not bad. It's a movie. It's not good though. Right. I mean, some of the songs are catchy. Some of them aren't. No. A uh, little much, a little bit too much dudes and lingerie for me. Yeah. Could have passed on a lot of that, but uh, yeah, I I really don't have much to say about this, okay. so I'm just gonna throw my number. I give it a six out of ten. All right, fair enough. And that's enough. pretty much all I got. I mean, I'm glad I watched it. Okay, but it's more of like a one-time thing. Yeah. I don't see myself rewatching it anytime yeah. soon. You know, kind of regret buying the 40th anniversary Blu-ray edition just to watch this. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just gonna collect dust. I have a yeah. feeling, but. That's okay. It's just a, another piece of the DVD Collection. puzzle I yeah. have. Yeah, yeah, why not? I don't know. What do you think? 
Um, yeah, I, I can't really disagree with you too much. I, it's strange. It's very sexually infused. Very lots of sexual undertones to it. Did um, it have enough dick for you? <laughs> I know you're looking for the dick the whole time. Not enough, man. Not enough. No, totally kidding. It's. I agree. There's too many dudes in drag. It's. You know, nothing I mean, nothing against that, you know. Nothing against that, you know. If that's yeah. what you want to do, go for it, you know. Whatever. It's. I am not, you know, not discriminating against anything. It's just my taste, a little too much. Um, but yeah, there's some catchy tunes. The time warp is super catchy. I yeah. could probably see myself putting that on a CD or something, listening oh, to yeah. it. Yeah, it's definitely a catchy song. Um, the makeup is actually pretty decent. Yeah. For uh, the time period and otherwise, the sets were pretty cool too. The lab. It had that B movie feel to it, but it was oh, still yeah, pretty good. For sure. Um, I, I, there's a chance I might watch it again, but from what I've heard, you definitely have to see that midnight showing where it's you know acted out and stuff too. So, yeah. Um, I mean, you got to kind of know what to do because certain shit has to happen yeah. at certain times. Yeah. yeah. Um, I uh, initially gave it a six, but I think I just want to drop it to a five just because it's it's middle of the road for me. Yeah. It's not bad, but it's not good. Um. I can definitely see why it has such a huge cult following. It's probably, would you go on record and say that this is probably the biggest cult movie of all time? Or at least top five? I'd say it's up there. But I got a lot of movies that, I mean, yeah, that's a hard one. That's hard to say. Top five at least? I don't know if I'd say top five. Top ten? I'd say top twenty. Top twenty? Okay. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's... It it's almost got such a huge cult following that it's can't even be you know recognized as a cult movie almost. Yeah. It's so well known. But well, they just remade it recently too into like a mini series. Yeah, they did like a live thing on Fox or something, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. So Where Tim Curry played Doctor Scott. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna settle on a five. It's I won't say I won't recommend it, but I mean, if if you have the time, it you can check it out. It's all right. Yeah. Nothing spectacular. But, yeah. There are, however, some interesting and fun facts about this. Uh, the set builders forgot to put an extra door on the laboratory set, so when Dr. Scott entered, he literally had to crash through the wall for his entrance. So that worked out perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as we noted earlier, this is Tim Curry's feature film debut, so what a way to introduce yourself to the world. Um, there's this little story here. It doesn't have a date, but apparently one night during a typical midnight screening at a New York theater, there was a guest in the audience who was asked to leave before the film ended. Uh, This guest was accused of being an imposter. This guest was Tim Curry. (laughs) So, even Tim Curry cannot look like Tim Curry. Um, And there's also a scene where Barry Bostwick pounds his fist on the table during the dinner, and we he accidentally hit Susan Sarandon's hand. Nice. So we see her like jump back and scream. That's a genuine reaction, and she I'm getting your hand fucking smashed. Yeah, but she got her revenge by accidentally stepping on Bostwick's foot with her spiked heel during the floor show scene. Nice. So his reaction is also you know visible. So um, that's kind of neat. And uh, there's probably plenty of other you know fun shit. Yeah, about I'm this guessing. movie. But yeah, uh, we'll let you all you guys find that out on your own. So. Yeah, that'll do it for the musical episode. Yeah. Yeah. Our themed episode, I guess. Themed, yeah. See if we'll have more. We might. I'm sure we will. Probably. Here and there. It might be a while before we do another musical one, though. Yeah, next week. (laughs) 
next week. Damn it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, until next week, uh, you can hit us up on all our social media accounts. You know, send us some questions, comments. Please, 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 please go to iTunes and give us a five-star review and a good review. Yeah, like and subscribe, all that fun stuff. Um, yeah, we are on Facebook, Movies from A to B, or MFAB Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter, at MFAB Podcast, and shoot us an email, mfabpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all of them. I'm pretty sure that's it. All right. Well... With that being said, I think we are about ready to go take a nap. <laughs> um, it's only 9.30 in the morning, but I'm ready for a nap, so. the fuck, dude? <laughs> I've been up since 3. So? I want a nap. But uh, on that note, I think we'll call this an episode for today, and we yeah. will see you next time. Signing off, I am Aaron. And I'm Gavin. Thanks for joining us. Bye. <laughs> Next week on the MFAB Podcast, we find out who the real mole is in The Departed. And then we head underground in Day of the Dead. So until next time... That's a wrap. Cut!